This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. Make sure you tell your friends about it. They're on the interwebs. Last Thursday, the president of the United States said this to George Stephanopoulos. But ISIS is gaining strength, aren't they? Well, I don't think they're gaining strength. What is true is, is that from the start, our goal has been first to contain, and we have contained them. And then a day later... ISIS terrorist cell bombed a soccer stadium, conducted a drive-by with murders at a cafe, raided a theater, killing innocents and taking hostages until special police forces were able to break in and kill the attackers. All that happening in Paris. There are still suspects on the loose. That is not my definition of contained. I don't think it's a lot of people's definition. I think the president should have known better than to say that ISIS is contained, even without having direct knowledge of what was going to happen on Friday. And I'm not suggesting that he did. He still had enough knowledge about ISIS not to say that ISIS is contained if he's being honest with the American people. Listen to Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein. ISIL is not contained. ISIL is expanding. They've just put out a video saying it is their intent to attack this country. Feinstein's not exactly a hawk. She voted against the war in Iraq. She didn't support the surge. And yet she seems to think we're not doing enough to fight ISIS. I obviously don't have the same level of information that the senator or certainly the president has. But I do have access to the Institute for the Study of War. They are a think tank made up of some of our greatest military minds, people who developed and executed the surge in Iraq and then again in Afghanistan. They have fought against jihad and won. And they won before our politicians abandoned the ground they gained. If you want to find out more about them, go to understandingwar.org, O-R-G, understandingwar.org. It's a great site and it has a ton of information that should should bother you on a couple of different levels. According to the Institute for the Study of War, ISIS is expanding, not contracting. In the past year, they have opened up operations in Libya, Algeria, Egypt, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, and Bangladesh. They control pieces of territory from North Africa, the Mediterranean Sea, through the Middle East, all the way to the far side of India. They have successfully carried out attacks not just against France, but also against Russia, blowing up a Russian passenger jet mid-flight. They have been caught planning attacks inside Russia and inside the United States. For those of you keeping track, this is an organization that is conducting military and terrorist attacks on four continents. That wasn't the case two years ago. That, that wasn't the case one year ago. In what way exactly is ISIS contained? Well, the president was trying to say they aren't still gaining ground in Iraq and Syria, but they are continuing to gain prestige and headlines and body counts. They are continuing to attract people to their radical and violent ideology. And ultimately, that is more important than gaining or losing a single village in the Syrian desert. By any objective measure, our strategy of containment against ISIS is failing. The question that comes to mind is, 
why are we trying to contain ISIS instead of crush ISIS? We contained communism. We, we crushed fascism. Looking back at those two conflicts, which also took place on multiple continents, I, I think it can be instructive for how we should move forward in this global war on terrorism. Let's start with World War II and the global war on fascism. Why did we crush it rather than trying to contain it? Well, because we could. While it was certainly bleak at the beginning, the truth is that the United States had the ability to destroy Nazi Europe and Imperial Japan if we had enough time. Our manufacturing capabilities far outstripped theirs. By the end of World War II, the United States produced more naval vessels in a single year than Japan did during the entire course of the war. And we were really just getting started. We could afford to lose an aircraft carrier or a battleship and build two more. Japan couldn't. We had them outmanned, especially thanks to Russia. We simply had more troops on the Allied side than on the fascist side, and Russia was willing to spend those troops in the carnage. And we had a technological advantage, not over Germany at the start, but certainly by the end. Don't forget, the war ended because we dropped two atomic bombs on Japan. We were the only ones who had them, and we were willing to use them. In the Cold War, the global war against communism, we contained communism because we couldn't crush it. Russia had produced a larger military than ours. They had the advantage in manpower, especially when you threw in the Chinese. And they had the bomb. As Dan Patrick says, we couldn't stop them. We could only hope to contain them. Well, that containment strategy was behind almost every military encounter America had from the end of World War II up until the fall of the Berlin Wall. Korea, Bay of Pigs, Berlin Airlift, Cuban Missile Crisis, Vietnam, Grenada, and Iran-Contra. Our only other military conflicts during that time were related to Islamic terrorism. Iran hostages, Beirut, the bombing of Libya. While containment ultimately worked against communism, it took nearly half a century to do it. Crushing fascism took us half a decade. So why are we trying to contain ISIS? Do they have a manufacturing edge over us? Not hardly. Other than homemade bombs, they don't even produce their own weapons. They don't have an air force or a navy or any anti-aircraft or anti-ship capabilities. Do they have a manpower advantage over us? No. Even with the significantly reduced size of our military, we have a 100-fold advantage in manpower over ISIS. And that's just us. Remember, Russia and France both have interest in fighting against these jihadists as well. Do they have a technological advantage? No. They don't currently have a nuclear weapon. Now, that may be a different story 10 years from now if Iran gets nukes and kicks off an arms race in the Middle East. But that's an argument against containment, not in favor of it. I don't often agree with Bill Maher. But earlier this week, he was on Stephen Colbert's show. Now, I imagine most conservatives didn't watch. Look, Maher on Colbert. <laughs> no, not exactly um, Goldwater fodder. But Maher is right about something, and I want you to hear it. You can't wipe 
people out off the map. That's not going to happen. What you have to do is wipe out the idea. It'd be one thing if, if the terrorists did not share ideas with lots of mainstream people who follow the Islamic religion, mm -hmm. but they do. Uh, unfortunately, if I said to you, well, if only ISIS believed that anyone who leaves the religion should be killed, mm -hmm. well, maybe then we can finally kill all of ISIS. But what if that's 20, 30, 40 percent of, of all Muslim people in the world? You're not going to kill all of them, are you? The point that Mar is trying to make is that you can't crush radical Islam because there are too many people who believe in that ideology. It's, it's the numbers game again, like we had against communism. But we were able to contain communism in part because we fought against anyone who tried to spread communism. We should be doing the same thing in the global war on terror. We can't crush radical Islam, but we contain radical Islam by crushing anyone who tries to spread jihad. And crushing ISIS should be at the top of our to-do list in our attempt to contain radical Islam.